Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Guten Tag, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the Sam Winnell to my Stephen Fletcher. It's Justine Peach. Uh, Justine. It came out as Justine, but I meant to say Justine. And like, hang on to the eye for a bit longer. Uh, it's not the first time I've been called Justine, to be honest. No, I bet you get that quite a lot, actually, I get don't called, you? I get called Justine and Jason a lot. Jason? Yeah, Jason, a hell of a lot. Oh, is that like when you're on the phone at work and then... They misinterpret your name. I uh, get Brian I, a lot. I'm too lazy to correct them as well. So I just, I, I'm Jason. You're too lazy. I'm too scared to do it. Because once I've got to that stage where they keep calling me Brian, I'm like, it's a bit late in the conversation now to correct you. So I'm just going to, I'm Brian now. <laughs> I'm, I'm Brian. going to accept I'm Jason. It. You're Brian. <laughs> so Brian Dukes and Jason Peach hosting the Second Tier Podcast. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again. We have... Plenty to talk about in this episode. Plenty. Because, of course, it is the January transfer window. We have transfers to talk about. We have all the matches from this past weekend. And, of course, the matter of a possible point seduction. But we'll get to that Mm -hmm. a little later on. First off, we'll start with the matches from this weekend, Jason. And we'll start... (laughs) That confused me first. (laughs) Justin, we'll start off with the first game. And at the risk of being accused of being a Leeds podcast, we have to start with them again because their rotten form continued as they lost 1-0 away at QPR. Mm -hmm. Leeds also missed a penalty and had Calvin Phillips sent off. I think it's only fair we talk about the refereeing decisions first of all. Uh, Naki Wells got the only goal of the game in controversial circumstances after he handled it twice. It it was a good dribble, wasn't it? Basketball dribble. Yeah. (laughs) It pretty much was a basketball dribble, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's worth pointing out that the QPR... Um, Twitter account has absolutely milked it as well. <laughs> yes, so much. Um, I don't like using the term on strings, but the QPR yes. Twitter account has got Leeds fans yeah. on strings. Um, it was a pretty bad miss from the referee, wasn't it? It was poor. Uh, even the official, uh, sorry, the, the assistant referee should have spotted that. At least one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredibly bad and the fact that especially with the new rules where mm-hmm. if it even touches yeah the uh, attacking players arms then that's it it's a handball mm-hmm. so the fact that it's happened twice and they missed both is pretty pretty shameful uh, the penalty that was a penalty wasn't it yeah. i mean it didn't really have much of an effect on the game at the end of the day no. but it was a penalty it was a penalty yeah. wasn't it and finally the red card calvin phillips with a drop kick <laughs> got the ball no no, 50-50? No? No. You definitely got the kneecap yeah. off of Jeff Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, red card. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's good that, you know, Jeff Cameron, former Stoke player in the Pulis era, he auditioned them out weekly. 
So he knows what it's like on the other end of one of those. But that was a terrible tackle from so such bad. a composed midfielder as well. It's a surprise. But yeah, worth pointing out, he's going to be missing the next three games now, I yeah. think. So yeah. massive blow for Leeds. Uh, but it is one win in seven now. Yeah. Four Leeds, just four points separating them and the chasing pack. Uh, Leeds fans are putting on a brave face. But Leeds United journalist and all-round journalistic legend Phil Hay summed it up perfectly for me. He said, Leeds are in real trouble in terms of the top two, down on players and down on form. Mm -hmm. The thing is, Leeds should have won this game, shouldn't they? I, I don't want to point fingers at an individual and point out the obvious, but Patrick Bamford squanders so many chances. And we all know they're in the market for a striker and they so, so badly need that striker to be banging them in ASAP. Otherwise, the top two isn't happening. Simple as that. Well, the amount of chances Leeds create um, game by game is is ridiculous. You know, they they still had eight shots inside the area against QPR, um, only three on target, that's including the penalty. Mm. Um, You know, and I said last week, the book comes down to individuals to get them out of this because as a team, they're still creating opportunities. You know, they're not defending as well as they have been. Oblique, Wells did dribble it in with his hands. Um... (laughs) But, you know, as you said, Bamford had six shots, again, including the penalty. And, you know, he's not really testing the goalkeeper. And it's not a case of I'm blaming Bamford for everything. You know, as a team, they've got to do better. Um, but they do need a striker in, just to, even just to take the pressure off Bamford. Because yeah. at the minute, it's all on him. Not blaming him for everything, but blaming him for most of everything. Well, it, I said last week, they need goals from other areas. Jack, Jack yeah. Harrison's been superb all season, and he's, he's, he's chipped in. Costa's not been... As good as I, we thought he'd be. You say, you say Jack Harrison has chipped in, though. He hasn't scored that many. He's scored a few and set up a few. He's, he's been involved, but he's, he's been a lot better than he was last season. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. You gave him a lot of stick last season, didn't you? Yeah, because yeah. he was crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it even comes down to midfielders. Like, Click has not hit the heights this season in terms no. of in front of goal. He was he was great last season, goal-scoring-wise. Um, set pieces as well. Phil Hay mentioned it at the weekend, um, that it's not as creative or different from set pieces it's just the same thing each time you know it's, it's a broken record in that sense so they have to do a lot more they have to be they just have to do something different but a 20 goal a season striker would definitely help in yes, this situation that, that, that they do help um, I don't know who they've been linked with recently actually because they seem to be linked with a different striker every week mm-hmm. but as you say whoever they get in needs to be quality Absolutely. and they need to be yeah. ready to fire them in ASAP uh, QPR only their third clean sheet of the season what a time to come <laughs> yeah keeping it against Leeds of all teams uh, Patrick on Twitter says we were surprisingly good defensively especially with Kelly in goal and Masterson in defence although Leeds finishing was awful AJ on Twitter says on the balance of play we were lucky to win but probably the first time this season we had the rub of the green and AJ's right they perhaps got away with it at times but it was a fantastic three points for Mark Wilberton, no, a- it? absolutely, and it, you know, coming from off the back of that Brentford game because they looked a shambles defensively. Um, but I think having Jeff Cameron in midfield really does help QPR defensively. You know, they sat up with with two midfielders with, with Amos alongside him. You maybe have to sacrifice the attacking aspect um, with two holding midfielders, but they grind out wins for you. And you know, with a bit of luck, they get the clean sheet. Um, Leeds squander a penalty and a couple of chances. And Wells is clinical again. Yeah, the goal was, you know, under a shadow, but um, it's a good result for. Well, it's a great result for QPR. Yeah, absolutely. Let's and not get away from the fact they still need defenders badly, but they are six points off the playoffs. I wouldn't rule them out just yet. Well, if they've been this bad defensively, 
and they're still in and around the playoffs. Just think what they could do with a relatively good defence. Well, that's it. That's it. Because we all know going forwards, they're, they're fine. absolutely fine. Well, more than fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a break from the race for the top two for a moment to go to Hillsborough. Where Sheffield Wednesday were pumped 5-0 by Blackburn. A bit of a surprising result, to say the very least, especially considering Wednesday's last two results have been wins against Brighton and Leeds. Yeah. Uh, Tom on Twitter says he went for a beer on 43 minutes, never went back up. Yeah. Ian on Twitter says he left after one minute of the second half. That's good. Can't blame them, to be honest. There's, there, I don't know what the record is for fans leaving. I'm sure everyone's got an individual record, but I think my brother left within like, in the first 15 minutes of a game once. We know he's a hothead. Oh, but as, as when Derby lost 4 1 to Sunderland. What was the score after 15 minutes? I must have been like 2 0 down. But it's when Sunderland were really poor. That, that's just a bit extreme. 2 0 down after 15 minutes. He's a hothead. Yeah. But <laughs> this this is one of those games where you think, is there any point in me being here? Well, one of the main contributors to the surprising scoreline was the sending off. Mm-hmm. Wednesday were down to 10 men uh, for nearly 70 minutes of the yeah. game after Massimo Luongo was sent off. Uh, what did you make of that? I was. I don't think it was a sending off. I think it was a foul. I don't even think it was a booking. I think he was just late to kick the ball. I think he just went to kick the ball. The defenders got there well ahead of him, and he's just he's just left a bit on the defender. It's not malicious. It's not he's not meant to. He's not stamped on him. The ref mm. indicated a stamp. I just thought it was a bizarre. I just yeah. don't think. It, I just don't think it was a foul. Yeah, Monk if, said it wasn't a red card afterwards. Yeah. Um, I, I can see where you're coming from. In, in a way, I'm, I'm a bit unsure. Because it's not like in the Premier League where you have like slow motions from yeah. every angle. And so from the angles I've seen, it's quite hard to tell. Hmm. I, I wouldn't say it's a very clear red card, but no, you've got, I, I've seen I mean, them given at the you, same time. You've got to be really certain in those situations. Unfortunately, the standard of refereeing, as we pointed out, it has been so poor this season. And they, they seem very quick on making decisions that need a bit of time to... Yeah. to, to to configure yeah. you've got to be certain especially when it's that early in the game exactly. because it exactly. changes it changes it, it, changes it all doesn't it so as I say uh, it definitely had an impact on the game but still Wednesday were absolutely shocking um, I'm going to put this down as a free result and expect so, <laughs> expect it to be probably sorted out well, by the next yeah, game But in my notes I've got football calm here because Wednesday did the same thing to Forest, didn't they yeah in a way at, yeah. at, at Forest. so yeah, yeah Wednesday they, still need a striker though Let's make yeah, that absolutely yeah, yeah. clear, even though this was just a bad team performance overall. Uh, let's not take any, anything away from Blackburn, though. Winning away at Hillsborough is always impressive, uh, and doing it in this fashion yeah. is incredible. The, the, the stats from the game from Blackburn's perspective was ridiculous. They, they come, Downing dominated the game, worth yeah. pointing Downing well, out. We'll get, we'll get on <laughs> okay, into okay. him in a sec. But but they, were, yeah, they were just superb. Nine shots on target, five goals. Clinical, creative. It, it was just an awesome game yeah. for them. S8 really. Rover says Rovers were absolutely... Electrically fantastic. Electrically? Is that an adjective? It is now. Uh, Alex on Twitter says this result shows they can actually function without DAC. And that is worth pointing out. That well, well, Holtby was, was, again, brilliant. Yeah, so, perhaps yeah, the start of the show. Uh, got two of the goals. Mm-hmm. And since joining, he's been a bit in and out of the team, really. But mm-hmm. if he can build on this performance, then he will more than happily fill the boots of a Bradley DAC, mm-hmm. won't he? Definitely. Yeah, also Stuart Downing. You mentioned him just yeah. a minute ago. 35 years old. Created four chances in this game. Played more passes than anyone else on the pitch. And he's been a bit of an underrated signing this season, really, hasn't he? He has been good, yeah. It, he's been asked to play in numerous positions under Mowbray. And he's done it brilliantly, hasn't he? He's, he's one of them that, a bit like James Milner, 
where you just you're going to get 100 percent out of him no matter where he plays because yeah. he's just one of those types of pros. Yeah, I'd go as far to say he's been one of the signings of the season, really. Yeah, in terms of value, because he was a free one season, mm-hmm. he was kind of just left out at Middlesbrough really by yeah. the end of his uh, time there. Yeah. So he's in a way James Milner is quite a good comparison yeah. because he was similar at Man City one thing. Mm-hmm. Milner was left out at Man City, went to Liverpool and he's one of the main players in the squad. Stuart Downing doing pretty much the same at Blackburn now and doing a fantastic job of it. So, and Elliot Bennett tweeted this morning he could hit a mosquito's nipple from 60 yards. That's accurate. Strange analogy, but I get the picture. I, I like that analogy because it's different. I mean, if you're going to hit a mosquito, surely you're going to hit more than just the nipple. You're going to hit all the mosquito, aren't you? To be quite frank. Depends how balls... big the mosquito is. Well, if a mosquito is bigger than a football, I'd be terrified and move country immediately. <laughs> Back to the promotion race on Friday night. Fulham beat Middlesbrough 1-0 after an early goal from Anthony Nockyart. Highlight of the game was undoubtedly uh, Dennis Adoy putting the ball in the back of the net for Fulham, celebrating by doing a double backflip, only for it to be ruled out for offside. Never celebrate too early. Never celebrate too early. I'll tell you what, though, if I could do a backflip like that, oh, be brilliant. I'd like to see that. Yeah, just backflip over all my enemies. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to try this. When, maybe when, not. Maybe not actually try when, it. When it's when it's a summer and there's not a lot of football going on, we'll we'll try it. This could end incredibly badly. But yeah. either way, let's move on. It'll get likes. Fulham are going well. Four wins in their last six. We keep talking about Brentford keeping the pressure on the top two, but Fulham are doing a decent job of it themselves, aren't they? No, definitely. It's. They they have gone under the radar, but it's mainly because of how inconsistent their form has been. Mm. But whereas Brentford have kind of just flew up the yeah, table. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in all in all of their wins, um, they've they've been they've been quite close, especially in the last ten games or so. You know, two one against Swansea, two one against Leeds, one against Stoke. They've not put teams away, but I think they've they've sort of changed tune. They've they've been a bit more resolute. Um, and uh, going to the Borough game uh, on Friday. It's a huge result. Borough, um, one of the form teams in the league, they've yeah. been absolutely superb. Um, and Knockhart has not been anywhere near the player we thought he'd be this season. So for him to get a goal is, is, is great for Fulham. Yeah. Speaking of resolute, how good does Michael Hector look? Absolutely Just class. Change that defence. They, they, yeah, that's it. They look so much solid with him there. And it's actually unbelievable how much he's improved them. Mm-hmm. He, speaking of signings of the season, Michael Hector has got to be up there because it happened in the summer and we've had a few months in between. (laughs) You kind of forget that it's happened, but he is an unbelievable signing for them, isn't he? Yeah, no, you you sort of think, why couldn't this deal get done in the summer? Mm. Why couldn't they get it done in the summer? Because they'd be a lot closer to Leeds and West Brom if that had been the case. That's a good point. I don't know why it didn't get done Mm. in the summer, but if they had brought him in in the summer, Mm. do you think they would be even higher maybe than West Brom and Leeds there's an argument for it he's a, he's a good defender and one of their things they've made a lot of mistakes on the back this season um, they've been sort of unsettled defensively you know the right back position's been up in the air Mawson's been poor um, Tim Ream he's, he's getting on a bit uh, especially at this tra- uh, championship level still a good defender but nowhere near as good as he used to be um, so Hector coming in is, is, is a breath of fresh air for that defence so that happening 20 games ago the, the results might have been a lot different for Chef, uh, for Fulham. 
Yeah, definitely. 13 points from Middlesbrough's last five games prior to Friday night. As you mentioned, they were the form team, so it makes an even more impressive result for mm-hmm. Fulham. Um, I, I don't think there's too much um, to really say about Middlesbrough, really. You, you go away to Fulham, you can't usually no, expect yeah, too much, really, can you? It's a, it's a difficult place to go um, to Fulham, uh, especially the players they have. But, you know, it is frustrating to, to go down 1 0. But the squad is looking a lot healthier than it did. You know, they've made some good signings. Fletcher, Ashley Fletcher has been absolutely, he's been magnificent. And, and they've got players returning from injury. So they're, they're going to get better. Could we rule out a late push for the playoffs? Is that too much to expect? Middlesbrough? Yeah. Well, I was just about to say, Adam Clayton said it this week that he claims Borough are aiming for a playoff place. It's it's ambitious, um, definitely, but given their form of late... But 11 points off. There's a lot of games to play. Um, and in terms of squads, they're looking a lot healthier than a lot of teams in that, in that race for the playoffs now, I think, it's especially in terms of quality. I can see what you mean, but... Do you really think they can finish in the playoffs ahead of a Swansea, Millwall, Bristol City, Preston? We've There's seen, four teams there. We've seen the incon- inconsistency up there, and uh, you know, as I've said, Borough over the last ten games, so they're, th- they're third in the form table. They've they've been brilliant, and they can keep, they can maintain the performances. They're going to get results. I can't see it happening unless they pretty much go unbeaten for the rest of the season or lose two games for the rest of the season at most. They're not going to get in the playoffs. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule Borough out. I'm going to rule it out. I wouldn't rule. It I out. can't see it happening. Uh, Brentford were held to a nil-nil draw away at Huddersfield. Not a particularly gripping game, but Josh De Silva hit the post while Carlin Grant had a great chance in the second half. However, it is a draw, and you've got to say two points dropped from a Brentford perspective, especially with Leeds losing. If Brentford won, they'd have been three points off second. I, there was a there was an account on Twitter, Brentford account. Um, Absolutely laying into the um, Brentford's official account. Okay. Um, just Tell because um, they did the eye-rolling emoji from the QPR result. Oh, cursed themselves. Cursed themselves, yeah. Uh, and you can see, I, as a football fan, I'm very superstitious. Incredibly superstitious. I wear the same outfit for every game. Do you? Genuinely, yeah. What do you wear? Um, my, my black vans. If it's winter, I wear like sports leggings and then my jeans. Okay. And then I wear a couple of jumpers and a cardigan and a coat. Wear the same pants? Uh, no, I do. I do vary my pants, but my dad does wear the same underwear. Does he? He does. <laughs> does it work? Clearly not. We're crap. <laughs> 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 uh, um, but I, I, I see where he's coming from. He definitely, definitely cursed. But is it a point? Is it two points dropped for Brentford? Well, you'd say so, considering Huddersfield's form this well recent form but and they... Brentford's recent form. They've added some good players to the squad over the last sort of week. Huddersfield have, you know, Smith Rowe, Richard Stearman. He was an absolute rock yesterday. Yeah, um, I, they've definitely some... added players. But still, if I was Brentford, I'd be expecting three points from a team who were just hovering above the relegation zone. But this moment. is a sort of game that Brentford have lost one nil in the in this season. You're going back to Birmingham. Um, yeah, at the start of the season, but this is a yeah, different yeah, Brentford team now. Of course, they've had time to gel. I say, of course, but as I say. It's a, it's a game they've lost in the past, marginally. Um, I think it's another step for, for Brentford. It's a clean sheet away from home. It's, I think it's a point to build on rather than looking at it as two points dropped. OK. Brentford of Forest, next league match. Looks like it could be an absolutely massive Is that game. At Brentford or Forest? At Brentford. That will be a good game. Mm, massive game for both Please sides. Please be on telly. Especially because Forest have a pretty good away form, yeah. don't they? 
Ah, please be on telly. I'm not sure if it is on telly. So, yeah. uh, Huddersfield will, will be happy with this result. Three losses in four prior to this game. Mm. Uh, all against sides around the relegation zone yeah. as well. Uh, Iggy on Twitter says, happy with the result and how the new signings played. Feels good. Yeah, I mean, not had much to shout about recently, Huddersfield fans. Um, but as, as I said, I uh, mentioned a minute ago, you know, Richard Stearman coming in, he's an experienced defender at championship level. Um, very well liked at uh, Sheffield United. He's going to be a very good player for Huddersfield, I think. Mm. Um, Four new signings in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that shows that they're wary of the threat of relegation. I think so, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Smith-Rowe is uh, hugely talented and very well-rated. Um, I don't think a loan signing like that would be particularly cheap. No. So I think they have thrown money in that direction. Um, they signed Harry Toffolo as well, who obviously the Cowleys worked with at Lincoln City. Um, mm. So they're going for what they know. Yep. Good signing, though, Harry Toffolo. Uh, we'll talk about the done deals a bit later mm. on, but that was one that caught my eye and rate quite highly actually because mm-hmm. uh, he was rated quite highly when he was at Norwich not too long ago yeah. uh, the Sunday lunchtime Forrest beat Luton 3-1 after a double from Joe Lolly and when he's on form like that yeah. he's one of the best players in the league isn't mm-hmm. he the issue is he's a bit inconsistent well, it has been this season mm. uh, and otherwise if he wasn't inconsistent who knows where Forrest would be in the league because you've got Graben's goals already yeah. he's been consistently scoring <clears> throughout this season mm-hmm. if Lolly was on form like this, mm-hmm. they'd be even higher in the table, really, wouldn't they? And they're pretty high already. Well, that, that's one of the things they've missed is players supporting Graben. Um, Lolly, as we know, hasn't had the season I think I expected him to have. Um, I certainly thought he'd, he'd kick on from last season because he was brilliant last season. He's been good in fits and starts this season. Mm-hmm. So a game like this is 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 good to see when he's uh, when he's on form. He's brilliant to watch because he's so direct when he's running the place. He's so quick and his oh, left yeah. foot is is, well, his left foot's ridiculously good, um, as we saw with one of his goals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, are Forrest in the race for automatic promotion? Because we've spoke plenty about Brentford, spoke plenty about Fulham, but they're on the same number of points as Brentford, five behind Leeds in second, and Forrest have a game in hand. So, do we need to give Forrest a bit more credit? It's a, it's a good point, but I think because of Forrest's home performances mainly... That's probably what's letting them down. Their away record is is ridiculously good. Um, they're not they're not losing games. They're they're incredibly organised. Um, I think if they get more out of their attacking players, then yeah, absolutely. However, as a, as I said, I think it's just their home form that's well, the home performance is home home form that's letting them down a bit in that sense. So you think if they just sort that out, then they could potentially sneak into the top two. Well, with an away record like they have. You know, teams that are going for the automatics have that sort of away record. They, they've been ridiculously good away from home. And as I've said, it's just the home form that's letting them down. Mm. Why do you think we don't give them as much credit as, say, a Fulham or a Brentford? It's probably because they don't attack with the same swagger as those two teams. They play a bit differently, don't they? Yeah, I, that's probably just, as a football fan, we're probably a bit ignorant to that style of football now because we're all about attacking football, we're all about goals. Whereas teams like Forest, Millwall, they go under the radar because they're organised, because they're structured, because they're direct in the sense that they get the ball to attacking players quickly. Mm. Um, so we probably don't give them enough credit. Yeah, Eight losses in Luton's last nine games. It's not good form, is it? 
what that, can you that say? sums that up. Yeah, it's, it's it's frustrating. I mean, no wonder Luton's squad is so bad when they spent a million pounds on Simon Sluger because yes. he made another clangor here. They're going down, aren't they? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to see them come out of it. And I think from a Luton Towns perspective, you you, you kind of take a bit of uh, confidence in us saying that because we said it about Barnsley and it worked for them. <laughs> they, they, they sort of picked up a form, but Luton haven't seemed to... Just defensively, they're a shambles. They don't attack with the same sort of swagger that Barnsley do. They're just not very good all over the pitch, really, are they? No, and it's and it's frustrating, and it I almost feels sorry for them because they sold two really good players and not replaced them. No, um, and they were integral to their their attacking their attacking style. You know, yeah. high high fullbacks, and it's just not worked out for them this season. Yeah, it's a shame as well because they're getting a nice new stadium. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be. In the championship, so let's appreciate Canworth Road this season. Yeah, I always appreciate Canworth Road. I'm going to miss it when it's gone. Mm. Uh, Complete in the top six is Swansea, who came from a goal down to beat Wigan two one. You will struggle to find many attacking fours as exciting as Ayu, Brewster, Selina, and Gallagher. A B C G. Imagine if they had a D, that would work a lot better, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would work, yeah. Uh, we said a few weeks ago that others in the team need <coughs> to help Ayo out with scoring and creating goals. And they've so- certainly sorted out that issue, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, going forwards, they're looking great now. And they've still got Roden and Van der Horn to come back. So I'm not sure what the defence will look like when they are back. But whatever the case, Swansea will have a very nice, well-rounded team. Absolutely. Um, Ryan Brewster is very highly rated. Mm. Um, we've not seen him just yet. You know, he's had injuries. He's been re- well, Liverpool have been reluctant to loan him out. So I think him going to Steve Cooper and Swansea's a very good move for him. We know how good AU is. We don't need to talk about AU. We, he's, he's a good player, very yeah. good player at this level. Um, Selena having a game like he did is a positive because of how inconsistent he's been this season. He's been very inconsistent mm. this season. In fact, he's had a relatively poor season. Yeah. But when you've got those three players around him, hopefully it it'll bring out the best out yeah. of him, won't it? Uh, Wigan, one win in 16. They're just crap, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find any positives from Wigan. I think There are that, no positives. Last week, I thought they played relatively well going forward against Bristol City, but the one thing they missed was a striker putting the ball in the net. Um... They're in good shape squad-wise. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They, they have got a half-decent squad. Yeah. I'd say half-decent. Probably good enough to stay up if they had a good manager. But uh, Paul Cook doesn't yeah. know what he's doing at this level. Not not, not with this not with this group of players. No. For some reason, he's not been sacked. And he should have been gone a few months ago now. I'd say October. Yeah, when they actually had a chance to turn things around and they weren't in the situation they are now. Because if he does get sacked, whoever comes in has got one hell of a job to do. Well, they, um, they've got to... Sorry. Now you carry on. They've, they've got to get a squad who's... They're the lowest scorers in the league. Mm. You know, 25 goals, it's it's it's, it's dreadful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you say that, lowest scorers in the league. I, I want to give two people stick who we haven't given enough stick to so far this season. Jamal Lowe and Kiefer Moore... Uh, particularly the former, they cost a total of £5 million. They've got three goals between them. Mm-hmm. £5 million and you get that return. Kiefer Moore, I wasn't expecting very much from because he's a human tree. I've never particularly rated him. He's big, he doesn't move very much. I, I've never particularly rated him. But Jamal Lowe, I thought, would be a good signing for a mid-table championship side. But he has been awful. Yep. 28 appearances this season, one goal. He's created 14 chances in that time. 
that's not very good. That's pathetic. That's terrible. Yeah, when you when you compare it to players who at the start of the season you, you'd have put in the same ilk, you know, someone like Dead Wallace who mm. you know you didn't you wouldn't have rated at the start of the season. You know how could he yeah, how good he could have been, but in terms of um potential you put them on the same boat but Jed Wallace has blown him out of the water and Jamal Lowe has just gone completely opposite I don't know whether that's the style of play at Wigan whether that's suiting him or not but he played in a similar style with Portsmouth on the Kenny Jacket yeah so I just I, it, it, it's a strange one I don't think he, has he settled we, you know who knows mm. it, so something has gone wrong there because he he was he arrived in the championship with a Big expectation, didn't he? And mm-hmm. he's not fulfilled it at all. Um, worth pointing out as well, um, the three teams are in the bottom three at the moment. Luton have got Easy Brown. Barnsley have got Connor Chaplin and Alex Mowat. So they've got... The other teams have got players who they can look to mm-hmm. to do stuff on their own. Wigan haven't got anyone. Well, Kieran Dow got an assist yesterday. And maybe a bit of hope in Kieran Dow. He looks pretty hopeless at Derby, but maybe he can spark something at uh, the DW Stadium. Millwall continued their good form by beating Reading 2-0, one loss in 14 for Gary Rowett's side. An absolutely sensational turnaround for him. Uh, The game, though, was a thoroughly deserved three points for his side. Uh, Alex on Twitter says, The most complete performance under Rowett so far, utterly dominating Reading. Dan on Twitter says, totally dominant and really professional today. Reading were poor, but we were excellent and got our rewards. The playoffs really are a realistic target. I cannot disagree. No? Not saying that, I should have said I agree. Um, (laughs) Millwall are second in the form table. They've lost two games since Rowett took over. It's brilliant, isn't it? This this is a team that needs to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm going to give him a lot of credit here because I don't think he gets enough. Matt Smith is hugely undervalued in this division. People just look at him and think he's a big lump it up to him and he'll knock it on. But he actually is quite good. He changes he? games for Millwall. Yeah. The, 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 there's been a couple of times this season where Millwall have been trailing in the last five, ten minutes and he's popped up and either scored, assisted or just done some... Cause some chaos in the box. Yeah, he's got seven goals this season, which is a pretty good return. Saying that majority of his games will come from the bench, um, and as well as that, he's got four assists. So that's not bad for a for a big man. No, not at all. Uh, I want to talk about that man again, Jed Wallace. Yep, just class, and he is criminally underrated in this league. When you ask Championship fans who the best attackers are in this league, they'll name you Jared Bowen, Pablo Hernandez, mm-hmm. Side Ben Rama, all those kind yeah. of players. They probably won't name Jed Wallace, mm-hmm. but he's got 17 goals and assists this season. Only three players have more. And at the risk of sounding a bit Brexit, I think it's because he's English in his mid-twenties and plays for Millwall. Because otherwise, everyone would be talking about him a hell of a lot more. I, again, I, I think I agree. It's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things. You sound a bit like Sam Allardyce. You know when, you know when he goes on his <laughs> rants yeah, about... Yeah. Not sounding foreign enough for for owners, um, but it, you know, he again he's a player that should be, as you say, rated a bit more, especially from big teams. I've not seen many teams linked with him, no. um, which is I know Millwall fans won't want us to talk about it, but when a player is in that kind of form, you know, you get clubs circling, but I've not I've not seen anything. No. Um, and he should be linked with loads of clubs because of how well he's playing. Yeah, the, I, th- I think there was a Villa link, um, but I think it was very, very loose at the start of the transfer window. Um, 
but I think he would, he would walk into any team and improve them just because one his set pieces are ridiculous. When you say any team, any team in the bottom half of the Premier League, okay, you can't. You he's not going to walk into the City side. Yeah, I was going to say um, <laughs> any team in the bottom half of the Premier League. Okay, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll go with that because um, his set pieces are good. His delivery is really good. He's so direct when he's running. He just mm. he just runs. Is um, I think we pointed out a couple of weeks ago. His successful dribbles are ridiculously high this season. Um, again, comparing it to Jamal Lowe, who has that ability, you know, he's, he's quite a silky player. He's just not done it this season. No. Whereas Jed Wallace has been absolutely superb. Yeah, absolutely. Reading unbeaten in seven before this game. Uh, Mark Bowen signed a new contract this week, and the fans will be hoping that isn't part of the new contract curse. Uh, we talk <laughs> about teams who could do with a striker. Reading got one of them because they look a bit toothless up front, don't they? It's weird because Lucas. Because they spent eleven million pounds well, on the, two strikers. There's that. I've. Weirdly, I've rated Lucas Zhao when it was at Sheffield Wednesday, but he's he's not been great at Reading. I know he's, he's not picked played, up a few injuries. Yeah, he's not, he's not played as often as he as he as he would have wanted. Um, George Puskas, uh, we know what we were expecting. Well, we both thought they overpaid a bit, mm-hmm. and he is definitely he's, he's yeah trying to prove us right at the moment. Uh, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, obviously, I, I rate Yakumeti very highly, but it's when. He's on form. He's he's unplayable because of how how direct he is when he's running. He, he's a big guy as well, so he's very hard to defend against. Um, he's not well. Reading they st- from attacking perspective, they're inconsistent. Mm. Um, they've got the the main two creative outlets in in Swift and Ajari, as we know. Um, but there are they do need to be more clinical. Yeah. Definitely. At last point on this game, unfortunately, there were reports of homophobic abuse and the match had to be stopped because of it. Uh, Millwall say they will ban anyone found guilty of such abuse. At Ashton Gate, Bristol City beat Barnsley 1-0 thanks to Nicholas Eliasson. And what a game this was. Uh, both sides created loads of chances and it really could have gone either way. Uh, despite the three points, Bristol City fans not particularly happy though. They're still calling for Lee Johnson to be sacked. Um, I mean, back-to-back wins, two clean sheets... You'd have said that uh, it's quite harsh, but I mentioned it earlier on. Wigan played well against Bristol City last week, um, and Barnsley again played pretty well. I think a more clinical Barnsley side, similar to the Wigan situation last week, they may have perhaps nicked a win. Mm. They dominated possession, had more shots, more touches in the area. Obviously, just just like the one thing they needed to, to get ahead in the game, which is someone to put it in the net. Um, so I'm not overly surprised that the there's still a bit of criticism there for yeah. Lee Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Jada Silva's assist for the goal. Absolutely fantastic. Top quality stuff. Running from his own half, going past two players and finding Eliasson at the back stick. More of that, please. I don't think Barnsley fans can be too disappointed. It was a good performance yeah. away from home. Um, they nearly nicked a point and could have got all three if they put away the chances, particularly Luke Thomas in the second half. It's just a case of moving on to the next game, really, and keeping the morale high, like it's been recently under Gerhard Struber. Yeah, it's been a, it is a cliche, but game by game for Barnsley because they've been very, very good recently. Um, they played well again against Bristol City. Um, they just go into the next game and, and, and try again because, as, you, as we mentioned, the form has been great. Defensively, they've been a lot better um, attacking wise they're, they're, they're better than the, the current bottom five I'd yeah. say um, so I think things might be looking up for Barnsley yeah Preston picked up their first win in six by beating Charlton 2-1 Josh Harrop with the pick of the goals and what a goal mm. he's got three and three now um, but just that goal oh 
the way he's just stroked it in. Love that. It looked effortless. Just he looked like he had no, he'd made no contact with the ball yeah. at all, yeah. um, and it just flew into the net. But that—that's technique. That is, yeah. and Josh Harrop has a lot of it. Yeah, you know when you see players warming up before a match and they're just, you know, curling free kicks into the net. Mm-hmm. It was like that, and the keeper just couldn't do anything about it because it's just a whip. Yeah, whip swaz, lots of swaz on it. Uh, and ha- speaking of Harrop, he's never really been one of the first names down on the team sheet at Preston. Um, but he's capable of being a very good player mm-hmm. for them because he, as you say, he has got loads of technical ability, hasn't he? Yeah, I think injuries have held him back. Um, well, from a perspective, in a sense, you know, he's, he's come from Manchester United. Um, you expect big things from him. I think he chose to move on, didn't he? Yeah, he was very highly rated. Yeah. Mind you, they wanted him to stay, but yeah. he said he wanted to go to Preston to yeah. get games. Um, yeah, get games. Um, and obviously, injuries have held him back a little bit. But it's quality like that with the goal. Just highlights how good he is, yeah. um, and I think you know, with games under his belt, I think Preston have got a massive asset on their hands. Yeah, and if he builds upon it, he could be absolutely mm-hmm. unbelievable at this level. Uh, Sam said it wasn't a classic, but a win nonetheless. Uh, giving worth giving a mention to Josh Harrop finally getting a run in the team and really showing his quality. Mm-hmm. Max on Twitter says we look confident after the first goal. Scott Sinclair was dangerous every time he got the ball. Uh, worth pointing out as well, Daniel Johnson made his return in That's this good. game. First time he's played in quite a while. And in fact, the whole Preston squad is nearly looking like it's full strength again. So they're definitely amongst it for a playoff push, especially if they can build on this result. Well, I mean, it, it seems a long time ago we were tipping him for, for automatics, but they had a full squad available at that point so yeah. who knows what they can achieve with a fully fit team well that's it if they can get back to that form then who knows uh, disappointing result for Charlton maybe they deserved a bit more than nothing from this game uh, Conor Gallagher's obviously now gone yeah, which is I mean I say I forgot about that that's such a huge loss for Charlton massive loss isn't it I was having a look at the Charlton starting 11 for this game and it looks very average you compare it to earlier in the season they're now without Taylor, Gallagher, Cullen, Lecco, Bon. Uh, they're all missing for various different reasons, but mm. whatever the case, the Charlton squad looks really depleted. And it wouldn't surprise me if they end up in a relegation scrap at the end of the season, just because of how much their squad has suffered recently. No, absolutely. It's, 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 well, it's, it's very important to point that out, that it's not down to the players being poor because they've had as many injuries as they have. You've mentioned that they're depleted. How many more players can they bring in? You just, they, they've got it. I, it feels like they've got a fairly big squad as it is, but it's mainly because they've had to fill gaps. Mm. Um, to bring in loads of young lads as well. Yeah, exactly, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's good for them because they're getting experience at this level. And you know, Davison scored last week. Um, Doherty's been pretty good since yep. he's come in. Um, they're, they're positives for Charlton because they've got a very good track record with bringing players through. Yeah, but going back to the actual squad. It's not looking great, is it? No, and it is a a worry. As I said, I've mentioned it before, they're they're one of the teams that are looking over their shoulder and now they've lost Gallagher, who arguably has been their best player this season. Mm, There's a shout for it. Um, It's a a huge loss. But with that, you know, Williams is back in. Andre Green got a goal yesterday, which is is huge because it's it's great for his confidence. Um, So, yeah, it's it's really hard to see where Charlton are going to go, I think. Derby bounced back from a difficult week, to say the very least, by beating Hull 1-0. Matt Clark getting the goal. Eddie on Twitter says, bit of a scrappy game towards the end, but Derby showed real fight, which is a rare sight. 
That rhymes. Everyone wanting to win the second ball. Few wayward passes, but a lot of positives. Mm-hmm. You at this game, what did you make of it? Um, I mean, I think Eddie's pretty much hit the nail on the head. It was a, it was a scrappy game throughout. Not many clear chances. Jared Bowen was quite, who's who obviously Hall's most dangerous player. I thought Herbie Kane looked pretty tidy in midfield. Um, it was it, it was a poor game, really. Mm. It was, yeah. It's hard to describe a, a crap game because it was. I think there was one shot each on target for the for each team, and Clark got the goal. Yeah, yeah. I thought Matt Clark played very well. I thought Matt Clark and Andre Wisdom were, were, were very good. Yeah, Matt Clark is someone I've always been a huge fan of. Yes. And yes, I, I thought if he did move to the Championship this season, then he'd be a brilliant signing for whoever he got. And he is potentially an England player. I, I He was getting tipped for potentially playing for England when he was at Portsmouth last season. And I can see why, because he is a quality all-round player. He's helped Derby look a lot more solid since he's come back into the team from injury. I think Derby fans will start to see the player who was being touted for big things at Portsmouth last season now. That's a, that's a big shout. I, I thought he played well, but I thought Tafazoli for Hull was a lot better. Oh, Tafazoli also played well. It was ridiculously good, and it's nice to see him getting games because I think, I, I don't know if you remember, I pointed out in some of his stats last season for Peterborough. Oh, were yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And no one was picked, no one really picked him up, and then Hall, Hall swooped in. Yeah. And he's not, he's only just really come into the team uh, yeah, recently. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and he showed his quality. Um, but there's a few new players in this Hall side, I think. I, I, I'd expect him to, to gel. Um, they look tidy signings. Yeah. I mean, the mid table of the championship is looking so clogged up at the moment and these two are two at the moment who are both right in there I said who I think could challenge for the playoffs coming the end of the season they've drifted off a bit recently Derby absolutely flying at the moment you said Middlesbrough could get in the playoffs the way Derby are going at the moment no well you, Derby are three points ahead of Middlesbrough I, Middlesbrough's form and performance has been a lot better than Derby's I think yeah. Derby have scraped through games and obviously Bielik's injured now I don't we, we don't know when New players are going to come in for Derby because of the if issues. They if they come in, <laughs> there's a lot that needs addressing with well, this squad. And I think Borough are a lot more well equipped to deal with the next half of the season in Derby, yeah. especially if they don't get a points deduction. Uh, Birmingham that, one, Cardiff one, a game of two halves, it. really. Uh, Blues were dominant in the first half and then let Cardiff back into the game. Anti on Twitter says a deserved draw for both sides. You've got to wonder where Cardiff would be without Lee Tomlin, don't you? The number of times he's saved them this season. He's either scored or assisted seven of their last 12 league goals. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, you say that. He's only, he's only really been in the side since Harris has come in. Well, that's it. Yeah. The fact that he was frozen out at the start of the season now is their most important player. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, isn't it? No, yeah. It, we know how good he is. Because, well, I mean, the Leeds game summed him up in terms of ability. Yeah. Um, we know what he's got in his locker. Uh, Cardiff need to, to build around that because, as we mentioned, there, there are players that should be doing so much better than they are. Oh yeah, Junior Hoylet this season has been dreadful. Hoylet, Mendes Lang, Murphy, mm-hmm. Glatzel up yeah, front. They, they've not settled on a forward. Obviously, Danny Ward's been in and outside. Glatzel's been in and outside. Callum Patterson's played up front a couple of times. Obviously, Gary Medina had a run inside. Yeah. Um, they just need someone else to help out, don't they? Because they're relying on Lee Tomlin way too much at the moment. Yeah, and it's 
it, oh, it must be frustrating from from a Cardiff perspective because they've got good players in their squad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I imagine they're on a fair whack as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jude Bellingham scored again, adding another five million pounds to his price tag ahead of his inevitable move to some European giant. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of links from Manchester United this week. Um, yeah, I've seen that. That must be a worry for for Birmingham because it's so frustrating, especially at. Um, you know, he's, he's 17, he's, he's his first breakthrough season. 16. Oh, yeah, he's a, no, I forgot he's a child. Um, it, as I say, it must be frustrating because he's not really had time to, to flourish yet. No, no. And he might, you know, Birmingham City fans might not be able, might, might not be able to see that because he might he might have to move on. Do you think it's best for his career if he stays or whether he I'm, goes to a big club? I'm a big believer in players getting games especially at this level we've seen in recent England squads how many players have either come through football league teams or had long loan spells at various football league teams you're looking at Harry Kane who had spells at 100 different clubs in the football league Um, so I think they're better off getting games well, if he does go to a big club, then he's going to get loaned out. Maybe not straight away, but he'll get loaned out eventually, won't I he? I mean, there are some cases where they've, they've gone straight into, a, straight into a side. I think Nick Powell, when he went to Manchester United, started and scored on his debut. Mm. I know that didn't really work out for him. Probably a bad example. Um, but there are... Deli Alley at Spurs is the best example. Yeah, He walked into that, that side and was he's not really looked back, has he? No, So you'd hope Bellingham, if, if, if he moves on, that'd be the case for him but he's still a bit young for that isn't he well that's what I mean fingers crossed he stays at Birmingham this season and, and next season yeah fair enough on Monday night it's West Brom against Stoke a pretty interesting game really I mean usually you'd have put this down as a home win but with West Brom's recent form mm-hmm. it's a bit up in the air at the moment but you expecting a home win you'd expect a home win mm. but West Brom haven't won in five six games yeah Stoke have been a, looked a bit more solid recently. Won five two against Huddersfield. You know nil nil draw against Millwall. It's looking a bit better for them, I guess. Yes, that's fair to say. But yeah, it's a hard one to hard one to judge that because of how poor and good the teams have been. Can I prize a score prediction out of you? It's at West Brom, isn't it? Yeah. I reckon one nil West Brom. I'm going to go one all. I'm going to go one nil West Brom. Charlie Austin in the 86th minute. I'm going to go one all, Jason Roberts and Jason Ricardo Roberts. Fuller. <laughs> I was going to say, Jason Roberts has been retired for a while. I think Ricardo Fuller. I did going. a funny. The other news from the week, Justin. <laughs> we'll start off with some of the done deals in the transfer window. The big one of the week is one we've already mentioned. Conor Gallagher being recalled from his loan spell at Charlton. He's gone to Swansea instead. Jack Clark's been loaned out to QPR. Darren Randolph has completed his long-expected move to West Ham from Middlesbrough. Uh, Huddersfield have brought in Andy King on loan from Leicester. We spoke about some of the new signings. He was one of those who played that. yesterday. Interesting one, that, isn't it? It's a- Good signing. It. I know he got injured last season for Derby. Yeah. I was very excited to see him come in. Um, he's obviously had, he's had two big injuries that he's been coming back from. Rangers loan didn't really work out for him. That's a good signing for Huddersfield yeah. because they've needed experience at this level. Well, his um, last two loan signings haven't loans haven't really worked out, have they? So it'd, it'd be interesting to see if this one does work out. Because at one point he was playing regularly for Leicester not too long ago, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harry Toffolo has joined from Lincoln City on 
a undisclosed fee going out the door at Huddersfield to go to Fulham is Terence Congolo. Bit of a weird one. He was tipped for quite big things when he moved to Huddersfield initially, I think a year or two ago. Is that going? Is that done already? Yeah, it's done. It's a weird one. Yeah. Because well, is he going to play left back or centre back? I presume he could just play it either way. I mean, Joe Bryan's been with a move away, so yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Millwall have signed Ryan Woods on loan from Stoke. Big fan, yeah, big fan of that one. Yeah, big fan of that one. I mean, not too long ago, he was one of the best midfielders in the Championship, wasn't he? Absolutely. Uh, Malik Wilkes has gone on loan to Hull from Barnsley. Not too sure. You about weren't that a fan one. of that, but I was. No, well, I, I see it as a bit of a step up for Malik Wilkes, even though he's not really done much for Barnsley this season. I just don't think it's worked out for him at Barnsley. It happens, but. He's linking back up with Grant McCann. He was at Doncaster with. He was he smashed it at Doncaster last season with with Grant McCann, back with Herbie Kane as well. Mm, the it's, Doncaster boys reunited. I wonder who else is going to come. James Coppinger's next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stoke City have signed midfielder Jordan Thompson for an undisclosed fee from Blackpool. Rafa Mir's been recalled from his loan spell at Forest. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and uh, former Millwall goalkeeper Jordan Archer has joined Fulham on a free. They've got like four goalkeepers now. Yeah. Not right. sure what that is about. Anyway, uh, the other stuff that has happened this past week. Nothing, nothing significant. You don't want to talk about it, do you? Oh, no, I do. <laughs> Derby could be facing a points deduction after they were charged with breaching financial fair play rules. It relates to the sale of Pride Park Stadium, which the club value at £80 million. Derby say they'll vigorously contest the charges. Mm-hmm. Where <clears throat> do we start on this one? Well... I, there, there, are two, there are two arguments for this. Derby deserve the points deduction. They've overspent, they broke the rules. Okay, they went around the rules a little bit with the stadium sale and the overvaluation, but they deserve a points deduction based purely on the spending. Derby should not get a points deduction because the EFL signed it off. They, 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 they said, yes, it's fine. They signed it off, they're okay with it, and now they're, they're coming back and saying... No, we're not happy with this. I understand it's a new regime at the EFL, but all it does is highlight the ineptitude of the EFL. Again. Again. (laughs) Um, I don't think you'll get too many disagreements from me particularly. I don't want to stay too much on whether Derby should get a points deduction or not. It doesn't really affect much in my opinion. If they get a 21-point deduction, which was reported in a paper this week... Um, that would obviously be a big blow, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, that, no, that was like the worst case scenario, I think, from what I understand. It, it was sensationalism, uh, sensationalism at its best, um, that, that headline. Yeah. Even if Derby got a 12-point deduction, which, from what I understand, is the most likely points deduction, um, I still don't think they'll go down this season. I think they're too strong. Um, I think, if anything, it will just end any slim hopes of them getting in the playoffs this season Um, the one thing I wanted to highlight was I think this just shows how poor an owner Mel Morris is because he seems to have redeemed himself in in the eyes of a lot of Derby fans with the response Mm -hmm. that they said they're going to contest the charges and the EFL are wrong to do this but Mel Morris for me he has surrounded himself with people who don't know what they're doing, who aren't good enough to run a championship club. We've seen that with the transfers Mm -hmm. they've made. And then, sure, they've been finding loopholes all over the place in the financial fair play rules. But sure, he spends a lot of money on the club who he's a fan of. Yeah. But he makes some really strange 
decisions that don't seem to benefit the club at all. At the moment, Derby County are not sustainable. No. In my eyes at all. You look at some other clubs in the Championship who are sustainable. Derby are probably in the top five most unsustainable clubs, maybe Mm. even the top. And that's all because of the rather reckless spending that Mel Morris has done over the past five years or so. It's, I mean, it's hard to disagree. Uh, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't be as harsh in saying that. Um, I would. But rather than creative accounting, well, why don't you just be creative with your, your infrastructure? Well, why don't you just do what a Brentford has done, for example, and get people who know what they're doing? Football people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Instead of, well, they've got Steve McLaren's son as the chief scout. That's going well. Uh, well, we know how bad the recruitment yeah. side of things has been. Yeah, shocking, absolutely shocking. Uh, Sticker move derby uh, midfielder Christian Bielik is going to miss the rest of the season after picking up an ACL injury. Um, I think it's their tenth ACL injury in the past five years. Five years or so. That's that's two a season. Yeah, it's a good average. That absolutely unbelievable, but a big blow for derby. It's ten million pounds he cost them in the summer. Yeah, fans criticised him um, <laughs> for getting injured, but. <laughs> I mean, the whole team's been poor this season, but Bielik is, for me, has been one of the the bright lights in the side, yeah. um, and he's going to be a big miss. But the emergence of Max Bird probably softens the blow a yeah. little bit, and obviously Tommy uh, Tom Hudson coming back in, yeah, does make things a bit easier in that in that area. Speaking of injuries, Alexander Mitrovic's injury isn't as bad as it was feared to be. Only going to be out for three weeks now, from well, the sounds yeah. of it. That soothes us a bit because we had a meltdown last week <laughs> well, well we were saying Fulham need to replace him but it doesn't look like they will need to now really it's, does yeah, it that's good uh, Eddie Nketiah is not moving on loan this month after all it's very selfish of Arteta not to allow us to see Fulham Nketiah well that's it I it's a very strange decision from Arsenal in my perspective I can't see him playing much for Arsenal this season I've seen this happen before where they've had somebody tipped with going out on loan somewhere and then it's just not happened because they say they want him to play, and then he just doesn't play. I can easily see that happening with Enketia. Surely it suits him best if he plays regularly in the Championship. Yeah, I, it's hard to disagree. There are there are teams lining up for him. Oh yeah, all over the place. I mean, Bristol City seem to have broken arm and a leg to try and get him, but. Not happening now for whatever reason. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, you might have to explain this one to me because you mentioned it to me yesterday. Sheffield Wednesday have launched a 10-year season ticket for when they get promoted to the Premier League. It will cost up to £6,400, but confusingly, the ticket will be valid for a minimum of 15 years. So if Wednesday were to go up this season, then the ticket will last until 2035. But if they went up in 2028, for example, the ticket will last until 2038. Do you follow? Yes. The club described the plan as completely innovative. It's innovative, but it's stupid. Okay. (laughs) Again, sounds really harsh, but let's say they go down to League One. That's a very expensive League One season ticket. But it only happens if they go up to the Premier League. Yeah, but then, what, if you get a 10-year... is it 10 years and then you get five years free if they go up? No, it's if they go up now, then it'll be a minimum of 2035. So if if Sheffield Wednesday are in the Premier League next season yeah. and they get relegated in the next two seasons, then yes, they'll be stuck with a League One season ticket. That'll be an astronomical price for a League One season ticket. 
Well, it's six thousand four hundred. I presume you're saving money with that. Um, it I, is a weird idea. I, it's not again with accounting. I'm not an accountant by any means, but that is not a sustainable source of money. It, it feels like they're trying to get as much income in it as possible in the short term. Yeah, because of you know cash flow. We know the the, the financial situation at Sheffield Wednesday with the FFP aspect. It feels like that. Okay, that that's speculation from my perspective. So who has six thousand four hundred pounds just lying around? I wouldn't spend that on a season <laughs> ticket. No way. That is a lot of money to spend in one go, isn't it? And finally, the co-creator of Friends has admitted she doesn't know if a reunion of the show will ever happen. Marta Kaufman says that's her honest answer. There were talks over a reunion last year. I've never watched an episode, so I don't care. I'll be honest, I don't get Friends. No, neither do the t- I. The TV show, that is. I don't get real-life Friends either. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Which yeah. acquaintances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've never really got it, but people seem to like it for some reason. So enjoy it, I suppose. Yeah. There you go. Let's do some polls, Justin. At the start of the show, we asked you three questions. Three very important questions. The first one's quite tight. Firstly, are the current bottom three going down? Yes or no? What would you go with? It's, uh, it's Luton, Wigan, Barnsley. Yeah. I'd say no. 59% said yes. So quite close. Mm. I, I tell you what. I don't like talking about my gambling habits very often on this show, but I got 50 to 1 on those three to go down at the start of the season. Not the start of the season, it was about a month into the season, I think. I was quite proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should Derby be deducted points? What do you think? Yes. Oh, you do think yes? I think they should. Oh, okay, fair enough. 85% said yes. I mean, I was kind of expecting that in all yeah, honesty. Yeah. <laughs> I surprised the 15% said no, but unless just, they're Derby fans. Just point out that I am a Derby supporter and I think they should get a point solution. Okay, fair enough. And is Friends, the TV show, overrated? Yes or no? Yes. 64% said yes. I, I need that to be an overwhelming majority because I just, we've mentioned it, I just don't get the, the enamour of it. I have never been more proud of our listeners. Well done, all of you. We should start a campaign. To get rid of friends, yeah, get it off, get it off the air. But everywhere. it's on, it's on like Comedy Central all the time. I don't go on Comedy Central as much as I used to, but it's always on there, mm. and it's always on Netflix at the moment. Anyway, uh, let's do the Craig Bryson Pub Quiz, Justin. So, for anyone who hasn't listened before, the Craig Bryson Pub Quiz is a little game that we play where I have six clues for Justin of a mystery championship legend he has over 200 championship appearances and will have played relatively recently we'll start off with the first clue what i point out almost most weeks when it's my go um championship legend is very loose in ryan's terms i I, pick championship legends this one i think is a championship legend okay I'm going to stick by it. I'll ask you at the end whether okay. you think he is or okay. not. I've made 210 championship appearances, scoring 35 goals. That's an attacking midfielder, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Kevin Nolan. It's not Kevin Nolan. He hasn't got 210 championship appearances. No, he hasn't. That's a ridiculous uh, <laughs> guess. I made my professional debut in 2002 at the age of 17 in the conference. In the conference? Julian Gray. No, no, that's too late for him. Julian Gray. Nice to hear him mentioned. I made over 100 appearances for the club I made my debut with and earned the nickname The White Pele. That's not Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> um, the White Pele. 35 goals, over 100 appearances for his debut team. Mm. Made his debut in 2002 in the conference. 
So he played quite a while in non-league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hard. Next clue? Yeah. Despite playing six times for England C and being born in Kent, I have two caps for Scotland. Mm. Made his debut in the conference, two caps for Scotland. Oh. <laughs> 35 goals. You think it's an attacking midfielder, do you? Chris Ulimo. It's not Chris Ulimo. <laughs> I think he's got more than two caps for Scotland, hasn't he? Thought he played quite a lot for Scotland in the end. I don't know. He didn't he's not out. born in Kent. <laughs> he might have been born in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've made over 100 appearances in the Premier League for Hull and Burnley, also winning promotion from the Championship with both those sides. Those two teams come up a lot. In they our, do. Uh... <laughs> Burnley particularly. We seem to do Burnley every single week. Uh, George Boyd. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> It was Stevenage, White Pele, that gave yeah. it away in the end. I now play for Peterborough. I was going to give you a bonus clue, but this would have completely given it away. I failed a medical at Forest due to an inconclusive yeah. eye test. Uh, I'm glad I didn't put that one in, but because everyone knows about yeah, that yeah. story. But George Boyd, championship legend? Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah I forgive. I'm, I love George Boyd. I, when he was at Peterborough, I didn't mention Peterborough, you may have noticed mm-hmm. as well, because when he was there, he was absolutely unbelievable. Wasn't he's, he? he's one of them players that, should have moved on a lot sooner than he did. Maybe that mm. Forest move would have been perfect for him because he was going into a team that was competing for the playoffs under Billy yeah. Davis. I mean, he did plenty for Burnley, didn't he? He's a very good player for Burnley. A very handy player, yeah. even for Hull. Yeah, definitely. And he's got beautiful hair. Yeah, very, very good hair. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually quite a good-looking bloke, isn't he, George Boyd? He's a East End boy, isn't he? So likes to look yeah. after himself. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose that's very stereotypical of I mean, you. It might be, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to the Second Tier Podcast. It's been an interesting week, to say the very least, in mm. the Championship, as it always is. Um, we don't have any games next week, Justin. It's the FA Cup once again. Yeah. Um, so I assume we'll be doing a QA. and a We haven't done one in a while, have we? Well, I'd like a Q&A. Yeah. I don't think we've done one this season. We did one uh, during one of the international breaks. We'll, we'll give it a go. Any question? Any question. Ask us anything. Preferably about the Championship, but, you know... Anything yeah. you want to ask us. Yeah. It could be life advice. We'll give you life advice. We're good at life advice. Are we? <laughs> we might be. We could be. We'll just, let's try it out. Next but week. For legal purposes, we're not going to... We're going to... I don't know. Yeah. Take it with a pinch of salt. Yes. <laughs> Whatever happens. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Second Tier Podcast. I've had fun this week, Justin. It's been in- enjoyable. It has in- been incredibly enjoyable. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next Sunday. As I mentioned, I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.